Hello, Captains, and welcome back to Rank Amateur. Uh, yes, it's been a while, what, like two months now? Coming up on two months since my last upload. If you look Russian Badger now, the, the uh, bi-monthly upload that he does, but man, it has just been a whirlwind since beginning school for senior year, all sorts of college applications and things like that, and FAFSA, and... Uh, for those of you who do not currently reside in the U.S., which is actually a lot of my listener base, um, essentially our senior year of um, high school uh, in the United States, we obviously apply for, or a lot of people apply for colleges, which is further education for a lot of different careers, especially the ones that I want to go into. Um, and colleges are very expensive in the United States. Uh, they're not really subsidized by the government too much, or, well, they are, but they're still expensive. Um, so you apply for something called FAFSA, free application for uh, federal student aid, and it's a it's an interesting kind of involved process, and it basically um, tells the government that you know uh, you need help paying, and they don't give any of it usually, unless you're you know in a really bad financial situation. But yeah, um, so that's been crazy. In addition to just uh, sports and. Uh, my current my, my current job and oh man it's been exhausting I've not had a free second but now I do so we're gonna go over the last two months or so of news in World of Warships and uh, hopefully uh, shed some light on what's been going on which there's been a lot going on a lot and then not <laughs> a lot going on in certain places and not a lot going on in other places um uh. There's been a few new ships that have um, come through. Uh, there's the Anhalt, uh, German premium battleship. We got the Malta, which I had no idea was coming. I don't know why, how I missed that. I guess I haven't been paying super close attention to dev blogs, or must have missed it or something like that. But uh, that's the new British Tier 10 premium carrier. Uh, that's interesting. I uh, haven't really looked into it that much, so let's do. We can do that right now. The Alvaro de Brazan uh, is a new Spanish destroyer, which seems pretty good. Um, I, I only have played one World of Warships battle in the past two months. I will say that, um, but the one battle I did play had one of these things in it, and it was. Um, it didn't do super well in the team rankings, but it was a pain in our side. And, and that's pretty much any destroyer that's played by a, a half-decent player, but um, certainly seemed like it was pretty easy to use. Um, but we'll get more into that and discover if that's actually the case or if that's just my initial impressions. Um, there's the new British Tier 8, I believe, Tier 8 carrier, or not carrier, cruiser, Tier 8 cruiser, um... The Hampshire, yeah, Tier 8 Cruiser Hampshire. It's kind of, it looks like a, it, it's a Helena that's British, really. <laughs> it looks exactly like a Helena. Um, I mean, it has the mass of, like, the Surrey and the funnels of the Surrey, but it looks very, very much like a Helena with 8-inch guns. It's, I mean, it's basically a Tier 8 Surrey, more or less. Um, it doesn't seem super fantastic, so I guess I'm not super sure why people would, uh, go for it but maybe i'm uh, missing something maybe it's just you know british premium ship and people naturally like it not sure uh seems like they're kind of missing the boat on uh british tier 8 premium ships here uh because of the fact that uh the tiger 59 also is not great and um the cheshire also is not great just tier 8 is not a good tier for british ships i guess um uh we haven't i mean we've had what, I think an update come through, or two updates come through. Um, operations have been reworked. Uh, Brazilian independence happened. Uh, the Alvaro de Brazan uh, has come through. Um, and I guess we should probably get into the specifics of the Alvaro de Brazan. 
And for that, I'm going to pull up World of Warship's fitting tool, and a combination of that and my interpretation will lead us to some sort of understanding of what exactly this destroyer is supposed to do. Now, we do know that it does have a burst fire, um, uh, burst fire ability, which is actually very powerful. I thought it wasn't going to be super powerful on anything other than uh, like large caliber ships, but... Um, or large caliber armed ships, but it turns out to be very powerful on pretty much any ship you put it on, so it means that there's uh, obviously a long reload for, uh, uh, you know, using this certain ability. Um, you get a 1.2 second uh, reload uh, between shots and a um, 28 second reload, which is interesting because the main battery reload of the Forest Sherman is only 1.5 seconds base, and that's continuous fire. So, yeah, I guess maybe not as maybe not as strong as we thought it was, but um, we'll see. So we got a main battery range of 12 kilometers, uh, reload time of 6.18 seconds. I mean, they are 135 millimeter guns, so they do do they do a bit more damage. Um, got a Sigma 2.0 accuracy, 110 meters. That's pretty reasonable. Burst fire mode. Uh, the HE does 1950 damage per shell. So, it, I mean, 825 meters per second velocity. Penetration is 23 millimeters. I mean, it looks pretty standard. I mean, the burn percentage, 9%. Wow, that's going to start a lot of fires. Holy man. Even with, with a 6-second reload? I mean, that's like light cruiser reload times. I mean, actually worse than light cruiser reload times for... for uh, tier 10, so I mean, well, yeah, I suppose that actually is a bit underwhelming. That reload time, though, is really what kills it. I mean, the the damage on the a AP shells is standard 2500, so that's pretty standard for the caliper, if I remember correctly, the caliper. Um, yeah, standard ricochet. Fuse time is short, but that's, I believe, standard for uh, uh, destroyers. It's the 0.01 second fuse timer. Decent firing sectors. The torpedoes, um, 13.5 kilometers. Okay, that's that's pretty decent. I mean, it's not not great, but it's decent. The damage is underwhelming at only 13,000. 56 knot top speed. What? And a detectability range of 1.1 kilometers. Am I missing something here? 26,000 hit points. I mean, that's not bad. I mean, well, actually, it is on the higher side, but it's not like crazy high. Uh, concealment is a pretty atrocious 7.68 kilometers. And, oh, well, the maneuverability, it does go 40 knots, so there's, there's that. And the turning choker radius is 730 meters. That's not great. Am I missing something here, or is it just, just not great? I mean, the smoke screen has a dispersion time of 97 seconds, action time of 20 seconds. That's pretty standard. Speed boost is standard. Damage count standard. Am I missing something here? It's literally just so it's completely reliant on this burst, re, this burst damage. That is kind of interesting. I know they tried to do this on the Canarias when that came out. Um, oh, that's probably a few, a few months ago now. Probably getting a summer. I think is what it was like Juneish. Maybe maybe even before that. But they tried doing the burst fire mode, but it didn't really work at the lower tier. So it was just basically an AP only heavy cruiser, which makes it. And it reduces its utility, but ah, that, so you're paying for a tier 10 premium destroyer and you're basically just getting the Yamagiri or the Zorki with extra steps. Ah, man, I mean, unless, I mean, I can see, I guess if you're into Spanish ships, that's, that's, I guess, cool, but it, I mean, it was completely fake. It was never built. I mean, it's Italian, sort of, but it was never really built. Uh, good range torpedoes. High, let's see what Wargaming says about this. So Wargaming says the guns have a solid salvage weight, but a long reload time and slow turret traverse speed. Yeah, we saw that. Burst fire alternative firing mode allows you to deal heavy damage to your opponent. Yeah, we saw that too. Um, yeah, I, I mean, torpedoes are good range, but not the highest damage and speed. Thanks to its decent speed, destroyer can carry out swift attacks. Well, I mean, 40 knots is, I mean, it's it's pretty good. I mean, it's not the slowest at the tier. I mean, it's not like a Harugamo, but it... Yeah, it's not that fast. Classic set of consumables for a destroyer, engine boost and smoke generator. Yeah, we saw that. And has a large HP pool. I mean, but is it's not that special. I wouldn't pay for this. Oh, man, that's that's kind of sucky. <laughs> Sheesh, that, that's not great. I don't, I mean, it looks cool. I'll give him that. 
The torpedo launchers look really strange. I mean, it's basically a rebranded Italian destroyer. That's pretty much it. And that's kind of disappointing. I mean, I get, it's definitely powerful in the right hands. I mean, there's nothing inherently bad. Okay, I shouldn't say there's nothing inherently bad about it, but it's not like it's got like a huge amount of weaknesses. I mean, if you're sitting on a 28-second reload, yeah, I can see. But, I mean, the burst damage is good. I mean, what's the DPM on here? DPM raw is 153 for AP. HE and 196 for AP. That's really not great. That's that's quite terrible, actually. So it burst mode is a necessity for this. That's kind of interesting. Well, I guess it's not great. And this is kind of what's happened with the Dutch cruisers, except instead of having a burst mode, they have that airstrike. Uh, they basically just gutted the rest of the ship so it could have what was supposed to be an overpowered feature. Um... It's not really that overpowered a feature. I mean, yes, you can't give it a four-second reload and then like, or, or three-second reload and then burst mode. But I mean, it's not like the guns are particularly great. It's not like the torpedoes are awesome. It's not like the. I mean, the thing's massive. It's a huge target. The turning circle radius is pretty bad. Um, it's. I mean, it's got a reasonably low profile, I suppose. The detectability is kind of atrocious. I mean, I shouldn't say atrocious, but. I mean, it's really bad. <laughs> Not quite the level of atrocious, but it's pretty close. Uh, yeah, that's kind of interesting. All right. I did not pay attention to see. You can tell I haven't played World of Warships more than once, which was last night. <laughs> uh, in the past almost two months. All right. So uh, they did have a 3v3 <laughs> brawl with carriers. Tier 8 carriers. I mean, brawls have been getting pretty interesting <laughs> when I've been monitoring the news. That's uh, That's kind of interesting. Um, I mean, obviously that was a while ago, but uh, that would have been interesting to partake in, you know, if I had a carrier, you know, because I'm a hard anti-carrier person, I refuse to play them. Alright, so next up is the Anault. Um It's basically a Prince, Prince Heinrich with triple guns? Okay, so it's got 350mm guns, uh, three per turret, and it has, oh, a lot of turrets. Alright, so that's what this thing's party trick is. It's just got an obscene amount of guns. <laughs> 15 main battery guns. Is that is that the maximum now? I thought the... F so I thought... Was it... Um, four I thought 14 main battery guns was the, f the highest amount that we've seen on a battleship before. And that was on the British battleship um, uh, Agincourt. Um, yeah, so that one had, yeah, 14 305mm guns. This thing has got 15 350mm guns. And it looks pretty standard besides that. I mean, uh, obviously, I mean, as far as a German battleship's concerned, a 180 degree turn time of a decent 45 seconds, terrible Sigma at 1.7. Okay, maybe not terrible. That's, I mean, for 15 guns, 1.7 Sigma is pretty good. Uh, 21.2 kilometers or 21.12 kilometer main battery range. You got 272 meter dispersion. That's not actually terrible for the range. I mean, it certainly isn't laser accurate, but it's not atrocious. I mean, the AP, the HE shells are, as you know, most German ships are. 27% uh, chance of fire, 4,000 damage per HE shell. Oh my God, that's like, that's like cruiser range damage, like heavy cruiser. I think the Goliath does like, what's the Goliath? Do? I think like. I think 4,000. Um, yeah, let me pull it up here. I forget what the exact numbers are, but it uh, has, I think, I think 4,000. 3,850, yeah. So basically Goliath levels of damage with its guns. I mean, there are a lot of them, so it's going to be effective, but it, yeah, it could be better. So it, it's, I would say, balanced in that department. Uh, raw DPM is 120,000 for HE, 100, or 285,000 for AP, you got 9,500 damage per AP shell, which is, I feel, a bit low for the for the tier, but obviously you got a lot of guns, so that's what compensates for it, so it's pretty balanced, 815 meters a second there, so yeah, I mean, it's a little slow, but it's it wouldn't be too difficult to aim, I mean, it's not like Soviet laser accuracy, but yeah, a few times standard, uh, arming threshold 59 millimeters, overmatch 24 millimeters. That's you know, oh, it's got torpedoes too. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What's a German battleship without torpedoes these days? Uh, they're only the six-kilometer varieties. They do 20,000 damage, however, so they hit hard. They're 700 millimeter torpedoes. Interesting. That's really large. I think even the Japanese have like was it like 600 
millimeter torpedoes or something like that. Yeah, that's that's crazy. 700 millimeter torpedoes, the J9 variety. Uh, the speed is atrocious though, 54 knots, but they do only have a range of six kilometers, so that's not really that bad. Uh, they are those weird guided kind of torpedoes though, so they're they're in single tubes, um, and I believe they're submerged below the waterline as well. Um, you got your typical German secondaries. Pretty standard, looks, yeah, looks, I mean, they look pretty decent. Um, I mean, there's there's not many of them, though. I don't see secondary armament, uh, you know, builds really being super great in the ship. There's better ones out there, but it certainly wouldn't hurt too much. Uh, the survivability, though, 69,500, I feel like that's a bit low. Yeah, yeah, for tier 8, that that's really low. Yeah, okay, so it's basically the battle cruiser, you know, really low survivability, um, but, you know, high damage output. Uh, yeah, okay, we got a 15-kilometer detection range. That's good, because if you slap Concealment Expert on there, um, and uh, Concealment mo uh, Module, that'll come down to 12. Yeah, so that's good, because that'll start, that starts to get into, like, cruiser range. Uh, turning circle radius, 900 meters, yeah, it's bad. So maximum speed, only 25 knots, that's kind of slow. And the rudder shift time of, I mean, a decent 60, 16 seconds base. So, um, and of course you get your spotter plane and your typical heel. Yeah, so, I mean, it doesn't seem bad. It really doesn't. But, um, it's, uh, yeah. It just, it's party trick is the whole huge amount of guns that it has. Um, its armor is pretty decent, um, Typical German armor. Uh, I don't know if it has turtle back. I ha I don't have the launcher up right now. Um, I'm gonna assume it does, but uh, because it doesn't say anything about it not having uh, turtle back. But um, yeah, it seems like a decent ship. It really does. I don't see anything wrong with this ship. So that that gets my approval uh, so far. <laughs> Could can always be revoked. Uh, the Alvaro de Brazan does not get my approval for that. Um, uh, giveaways and all sorts of different things they've been doing. Really trying to wind up the player base, aren't they? <laughs> um, yeah, really not much has happened. Uh, yeah, we got the Toulon in the armory now. Um, again. Uh, and the Alvaro de Brazan. I mean, it's available for coal, so I guess it's not that bad. The Alvaro de Brazan. I mean, if you get it for coal, it, it looks like a decent ship. Wouldn't pay for it, though. That doesn't seem like doesn't seem like a good idea. Oh yes, the Valeo. How could I forget about the Valeo? This weird British-looking American cruiser that's come in. It's basically a Wooster at tier nine without any consumables, like at all. Um, seems pretty decent. I don't really. I mean, I don't see anything inherently wrong with it. It basically seems it's not super creative. Is my biggest problem with it, but um. I mean, it doesn't seem super overpowered. It does have a reload time of six seconds. So, I mean, with ten guns, it's not terrible. Uh, they are standard American shells. They got your 2,200 damage. Uh, it seems a bit low, but maybe it's standard. Uh, shell velocity is higher at 812 meters a second versus, I think, the 700s that you usually uh, get out of the American shells. But the AP shells are slower at 762 meters a second. Um, you're going to get 216,393 HE shell DPM and 314,754 damage off your AP shells per minute. Uh, maximum damage is only 3,200 for those AP shells. Seems a bit low. Uh, standard ricochet angles, a uh, little slower fuse timer at 0.025 seconds, or faster re uh, fuse timer than uh, you know your typical battleships and stuff, so, you know, that's because it's a cruiser. Uh, aiming sector seems decent, that seems better to the back, or to the stern than it does to the bow, uh, as far as aiming's concerned. Um, you got 44,000 hit points, that's pretty, that's pretty standard. Uh, concealment is 11.54, so that's, that's pretty decent, because I think it gets that down to 9, if I remember correctly. Uh, if you have all the modules equipped, it should be like 9.35. Yep, mm -hmm. 9.35. Uh, maximum speed, standard 32.5 knots. Uh, turning circle radius, 740 meters, and 10 second rudder shift time. Seems pretty run of the mill. I mean, you got your standard cruiser heel, uh, DFAA, no option for radar or hydro, though that's a, kind of a deal breaker, honestly. Um, and you do have a, a spotting aircraft. Uh, it's got 60, it's, uh, one of the short, uh, spotting aircraft, um, 
varieties has got 60 second duration um and a 10 second reload time so you can i mean it's got six charges so it's not constant spotting but like it's pretty cool um and so that'll bring your range up 20% with standard. So, I mean, you'll be able to shoot out to, like, 17-plus kilometers for, like, six minutes out of the match. So, I mean, that's, that's not bad. Um, I mean, it seems it seems all right. I don't, I'm not a huge fan of Tier 9 premiums anyways just because of the price. It just... it I, I can't justify spending that much on a digital commodity that exists within a game and not an actual game itself. But um, if that's your thing... Uh, that's, uh, I, I guess that's, uh, cool. Um, I just, the lack of radar and, uh, hydroacoustic search are kind of a deal breaker for me. Um, I do like those consumables a lot, and it just seems like a Wooster at tier 9, which with how much tier 9 gets up tier to tier 10, it doesn't seem like that much of an advantage, but you do, you would see tier 7s potentially, so I guess there's that. Um, and you get the cool American flag decals everywhere, so I mean, there's that as well. Uh, Malta's in the armory. That's uh, that's their new thing. Um, I I did not see that Malta was being added. I missed that memo. Um, and they're also adding, you know, submarines, or they added submarines to the tech tree, so that's interesting. And they're now working on Japanese submarines and Soviet submarines. Uh, there's gonna be Japanese I-56, and, uh, what's the Soviet one again? Um, oh, jeez, I forget what the Soviet submarine coming in was. But, yeah, we got American and German submarines coming into the game. Um, not like they've already been there, but they're actually being a part of the tech tree and all that stuff. I'm pretty sure everyone knows that at this point. My opinion, um, on them, I guess I don't really have that much of an opinion on them. They are annoying, I feel like they take away from the game more than they add to it. I mean, they add an interesting aspect to the game, a different depth to it, because, I mean, or a different, uh, you know, I guess facet to the game. But, I mean, not like we needed any more of those. But, I mean, I, I don't see why they needed to be in random battles, I guess. There's no problem with them being in the game. It's a natural progression, but if they would just stay within, like, Wolfpack or something like that, that would be better. But, I mean, I guess I see what Wargame is coming from. Submarines were actually involved in naval engagements and things like that. They were not only restricted to convoy battles. I mean, convoy battles, convoy raids. So, I, I mean, I can see that. Um, as far as the, uh, the uh, Malta goes... It, I'm not super great with judging aircraft carriers. I mean, it doesn't seem to be... Yeah, I'm not going to really make any judgments on it because I'm... Uh, aircraft carriers are the one thing in the game that I'm just... I I understand enough to counter them, but that's pretty much it. I don't really have any advice to, on how to play them. So I'm going to stick within my lane on that one. Um, you know, I got submarine hunt going on. New temporary resource, which is the submarine token... Uh, you can, yeah, so, alright, yeah, the, uh, Soviet submarine is the S-189. I believe that, I believe this was, there was a similar submarine that was Soviet in, uh, early in the submarine testing, probably, it's probably like last year or maybe even before that, um, uh, that I really enjoyed playing, um, but I believe this is a different one than that. I think I played the S2 submarine, I think is what it was. Uh, but yeah, so, I mean, interested to see all the different nations' submarines. I guess, I mean, it does add an interesting aspect to the game, because a lot of nations that maybe didn't have as large of a navy uh, did have a lot of submarines, such as the Dutch Navy. Um, there was actually, uh, I did an episode on Abdicom, and I believe I mentioned this in uh, there. Abdicom, for those of you who do not know, was the, the first attempt at international cooperation in the Pacific theater of World War II. And um, one of the Dutch admirals in there, his name was Admiral Helfreich, and um, he commanded most all the Dutch forces in the area, and I think Abdicom as well for a short time. Uh, and he was known as Shipaday Helfreich because... Um, his submarines in the part early parts of Abdicom's existence sank literally a Japanese ship every day, or most of, or more than that. Um, they were very efficient, the Dutch submarines, so that would kind of be an interesting addition to the game. Uh, also, another ship I'm kind of keep, keeping an eye on, speaking of the Netherlands, uh, is the Tromp. 
The Tromp is a tier 10 destroyer for some reason, even though it was technically a cruiser. So it does have 150mm guns, like most cruisers. Um, I just, I don't know why it wasn't entered in as, like, entered in the game as maybe, like, a tier 7 cruiser versus a tier 10 destroyer. But, you know, that's war games. This isn't, it basically looks like a cruiser that, I mean, it kind of sucks, really. It's got a 5.5 second reload on literally 3 by 2 guns. I mean, it just, sorry, sorry Dutch people, but man, Wargaming has not been doing you well with these, uh, with your ships here. I mean, it's, it, it's just anemic in the damage outputs. I mean, it's literally got six torpedoes. They have a 13,000 damage, a, uh, 10 kilometer range. I mean, in 64 knot speed, it's just, that's kind of average. I mean, in, the torpedoes themselves are average. There's not many of them. The reload time is, I mean, pretty short at 70 seconds, so I'll give them that. Um, they have the airstrike. Uh, you got two flights. They got a range of 8 kilometers. It's just, I mean, a 60 second reload time. It's just, it's not great. It's 15 second delay. And there's no smoke screen and standard speed boost. There's no smoke screen. They gave us a destroyer that's just a cruiser, basically, without without a citadel. And, it, I mean, that sounds good. And it is good in the case of the large German destroyers. Uh, but this one doesn't really have the crazy amount of firepower that the German destroyers have. I mean, it only does 3,000 damage each AP shell, which is better than normal, but it does only have five guns... Uh, or six guns, excuse me, uh, math is hard, and it does only have six guns, and, I mean, I guess if maybe when we actually start playing it, it'll play more like the German destroyers do, but the the high explosive, I mean, is decent, I suppose, it does have two, it does do 2,000 damage, so it does hit hard, it takes five seconds to reload, though, that's the kicker, um, and it does 11% fire chance, I mean, that's good, it does have 24,000 hit points, so not quite as much as um, the German destroyers. And uh, the name of the witch, tier 10, is now blanking on me. Um, which one am I thinking of? I am thinking of the Elbing, yes. The, it's not quite as much as the absurd health pool that the Elbing has, but, I mean, it's it's decent. I mean, it's kind of average, actually. Uh, the concealment is terrible. Uh, 7.33 kilometers. So, uh, you, the max you can get that down to is, I think, 6-ish? Uh, 6.5, maybe? Yeah. Oh, actually, no, I am incorrect in that. That's 5.94 kilometer concealment. So, I mean, it's not it's not terrible. Um, it's strictly average uh, in all respects. And it doesn't have a smoke screen. So, yeah, if you're if you're caught out in the open with a 33.5 knot top speed with a 8% speed boost maximum, you're kind of screwed. I mean, the rudder shift time is good at 5.3 seconds. Um, the turning silk radius is not, however, at 720 meters. Okay, well, it's not terrible it's not like soviet levels well it's approaching soviet levels but not quite there um i mean it's just it's not great but it's still in testing so they could change pretty much every aspect of it i'm pretty sure it has been uh, buffed in testing since i last looked at it um which is probably mid-september um but you know let's uh we should probably go over the updates that have uh happened uh since i last published so 11.9 submarines this is the most recent um this is the most recent update so we have uh german and u.s submarines in early access obviously um and they're saying yes we're we're adding them and blah 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 justifying it with it you know being the natural progression of the game and whatever you know typical war gaming stuff submarine tokens and i mean it's typical early access we we all know what this is i mean personal challenges are back um now, with um, as far as technical updates are concerned, with this uh, with this update, you can now see the ping as it's coming from a submarine, like the sonar ping. You can see it traveling through the water for some reason because you know people in the 1940s had um, sonic vision, and you can also see where the submarine is, like there's a little that little white mark on the water, you know, just to keep it balanced because submarines, you know, in real life are overpowered. That's why they exist. They have an advantage over things, you know, by being able to temporarily sink. <laughs> Yeah, and they've also added um, uh, smoke coming from the diesel engines uh, for the catch-a-lot. 
which is a tier 6 American submarine. Uh, of course, you know, carriers now get automatic depth charge airstrikes because why not? There's also Operation Wolfpack, which is, I feel, how submarines should have been introduced to the game. Essentially, that's just, um, literally, you're just supposed to break through the lines of escorting warship groups and destroy the enemy convoy, and you're all submarines. Um, it's kind of like, um, oh, geez, what was that show on, uh, oh, Greyhound. Greyhound on Apple TV. Uh, Literally, you're just you're you are the enemy wolf pack rather than being the destroyer. So I feel like it'd be kind of interesting if there were players um, on both sides, but that is uh, that that's not the case right now. You, you're a tier six or tier eight, uh, eight submarine in teams of seven, and uh, yeah, you're just your objective is to destroy all the uh, uh, enemy convoy ships. Um, of course, you got your typical strange Halloween separate, uh, celebrations, um, you know, the weird battles that they have, the Twilight battles and stuff. Uh, they have actually added m more varieties of these battles. Uh, there's, like, convoy escorting and things like that. I, I mean, it's kind of decent. I, you know, if you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. I'm kind of one of the guys who doesn't really care for it, but, you know, some people really like it, so I guess that's why they do it. Um... There the the end of the construction of the American uh, cruiser Puerto Rico just happened. Uh, ranked battles. Um, yep, we got bronze league is tier five, silver league is tier six through eight, and then gold league is tier ten and super ships. Uh, that's gonna be season nine. Then you got brawls. Uh, round one starts. Well, round one is actually coming to an end pretty soon. Uh, um, actually today. Uh, and it's just, that was a 4v4, um, or it, uh, round one is a, uh, 1v1 with tier six ships, um, and then round two will be a 4v4, round three will be a 3v3, all tier six ships, so that should be kind of interesting. Uh, they're going to, uh, be, uh, adding a Greek, sh Greek ship to the game, uh, the Velios. I think that's how you say it, or Velios, or something like that. Um, and uh, it's got a special camouflage and things like that. Essentially, there is an event that you can uh, play. Um, it, it's kind of like the Missouri uh, event that they had. So you would have to... Uh, you. It's available from sequential bundles, Um you can purchase her in the Armory and Premium Shop after you complete the adventure, or early next year the ship will become permanently available uh, in the Armory in exchange for doubloons. So, you know, uh, there's that. Uh, if you don't know what the Velios is, I'm just going to call it that for now. Sorry, people who are in Greece and I'm mispronouncing it. Uh, it is a Fletcher-class destroyer uh, that was transferred to the Hellenic Navy. And, um, yeah, so now it's basically just got European torpedoes, an American smoke generator... Um, good concealments, um, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, so, da and reduced damage per salvo. So, kind of, kind of anemic guns, uh, but it does have a smoke generator, unlike all other European counterparts, um, and it's got European torpedoes. So, I mean, it looks like it could be potentially a pretty good ship. Um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. I believe the ship is a museum ship, if I'm correct. Ah, yes, I am correct. It is uh, currently a museum ship in Greece. That's cool. Um, and then uh, we got new interface changes with the commander windows. You can see your whole commander reserve from one tab. Uh, they're testing the cross-server matchmaker on uh, new players. So on the servers with new players, they're merging them across all servers that currently remain. Because remember, the Russian server was split off when uh, Russia invaded Ukraine in February. Or, yeah, in February, but that was split off in March. So yeah, they're letting the new players handle that, and then they're gonna see how like performance issues happen, and, or what performance issues happen, and stuff like that. So I, I agree with that, rather than affecting you know the servers at large. Um, and we got uh, Valeo again. That's gonna be available for twenty-two thousand steel. I don't really know about that. I I would not pay twenty-two thousand steel for that, especially when you can get something for like like the incomparable. Um, yeah, we got changes to the Naval Community tab, uh, basically just, uh, limited number of King of the Sea containers has been updated, um, Bane of the Seas permanent camouflage for, uh, the USS North Carolina, uh, game balance changes, essentially, they have just made it so that, um, all the bonus, uh, of consumable charges have been applied to, um, uh, squadrons for those unique commanders like Yamamoto Isoroku and Nikolai Kuznetsov. 
um, and they reduced the will to victory uh, uh, ability, uh, talent activation from 30 seconds to 15 seconds, but they increased the HP percentage that's restored per second from 0.25 to 0.35%. So it's it's I kind of a I think it's still a nerf, but it's kind of it's pretty neutral. It's not the super huge nerf. Uh, Yamamoto Isoroku did not have anything else changed about him. Andrew Cunningham had the number of flooding instances required for uh, lightning fast to activate uh, increased from two to four, so that's you know a nerf. And then um, Rampant added the bonus that reduces the squadron cooldown time by five percent. Uh, Fire and Fury was renamed to Elemental Fury and added a bonus that increases the chances of flooding by ten percent. Uh, different skills added, slash changed, um, yeah, you can go take a look at that if you want, you'll probably notice it anyways, uh, added a new Air Groups Modification 3 upgrade to slot 4 for the Issei, Tone, and Kearsarge, um, and that reduces the squadron preparation time by 5%, adds 5% of the squadron's speed, and adds 15% to the squadron's HP. Um, content additions, we have the Orca Permanent Camouflage for the Huron, we have a uh, Celebration Permanent Camouflage for the Conqueror, and King of the Sea Gladi Gladiator Permanent Camouflage for the Hipper, uh, different, um, uh, different uh, sort of patches, uh, looks like mostly noodle dishes, or different dishes from different cultures, um, and then we have a Tiger, uh, Camouflage, or not camouflage, uh, patch. We have uh, the blessing H high explosive is here flag. That's kind of funny. Um, yeah, uh, flag. And we have new ships being added. The Patry and the Edgar are being added to the uh, tech tree for France and British or Britain, respectively. And the following ships have been added to, for testing by developers, super testers, and community contributors. The uh, British. Submarines have been added for testing. That's the tier six, the tier eight, and the tier ten. So the uh, Undine or Undine, Undine, <laughs> Sturdy, and the Thrasher. Uh, there's been a Monmouth uh, has been added for testing. It's a tier ten British cruiser, renowned 44, tier seven British battleship, and the tier six German cruiser, the Leipzig, or Leipzig, has been added. Uh, all sorts of different uh, minor improvements have been added as far as just game or uh, changes and improvements. Uh, mostly quality of life things, just little tweaks here and there. Uh, you can go. That's a very long list that I'm not going to get into today. You can go read that if you want to. Um, but that's that's. I think as far as I'll go into news for now, um, uh, without boring people too much. Um, yeah, it gets kind of in the weeds a little bit uh, and very long drawn out. And I think I've drawn it out enough. So let's get into the ship for today. And that is the Tier 8 non-premium British heavy cruiser, the Albermole. And the Albermole, it, it's an interesting ship. It's got quite an acquired taste, we'll say that. Um... And it's a bit of a feast or famine situation. So, I mean, we'll go a little bit into the history of the ship. It, I mean, there's not much because it, it's it, it's made up. Okay, we'll be honest here. It's pretty much made up. Uh, there's There was some sketches that were, or some prototypical sketches that were seen in um, the British Naval Archives somewhere by some wargaming employee. And there there's a few that have surfaced on the forums and stuff that I've seen. Uh, although the... Um, the actual model that appears in World of Warships is vastly different than even what's in the British records, so a lot of it is a bit of educated guessing by the wargaming staff as to what it may have looked like in real life, uh, if such a heavy cruiser were to materialize, and a bit of it is uh, just straight up making it up. Um, so the preface to this is that, uh, you know, uh, with the Surrey being cancelled, which was supposed to replace the Devonshire class, or not the Devonshire, the county class heavy cruisers, um, and the Surrey was basically going to be like an approved county class heavy cruiser, they needed something else that was going to fill in the gap, especially in World War II, uh, their cruisers, are, uh, the British cruisers are aging, they need something that has firepower, that it also has the capability to have more modern technology that has been developed in the time since the um, 
I guess the launch of the county class heavy cruisers. Now the county class heavy cruisers had been modified. They had been improved, uh, sort of like the London is in uh, World of Warships. How it, look, it is still technically a county class heavy cruiser, but it looks more like the Albemarle, and and, and that has been upgraded to host modern systems, or well, you know modern in the 1940s systems. But they ran out of time to do that before World War II. So rather than you know improving their fleet that they were going to, there were or improving the fleet that they already had, uh, they just decided, or there was a project to decide whether they should just build new ships entirely. Um, and that's basically the Albemarle. And there was a few different projects for this. Uh, some materialized into something that was more like the Drake or the Goliath. Uh, it was designed to counter the B-65 type uh, battlecruisers of Japan and serve primarily in the Pacific, because uh, let's be honest, the German Navy wasn't much of a threat pretty much the entire war. Um, I mean, especially since uh, British home fleet was stationed around there, and it was more than enough to take care of the relatively few uh, German ships that managed to actually do something in World War II. Um, so the Albemarle was kind of this in-betweener. Uh, it wasn't quite like battlecruiser sized, but it was definitely larger and more capable than the heavy cruisers that were currently serving in the British Navy, which was the County Class and the York Class, which the York Class consisted of HMS York and HMS Exeter. And that's pretty much all we have on history for the Albemarle, but so it, not much is there. So Albemarle, what is it? Well, you got nine guns, 203 millimeters each. Um, it's basically like a British Baltimore without the radar and instead with the super heel. So you say, well, that sounds good. Okay. I mean, I traded my radar in, but I mean, I like super heels. Yeah. Except it's made of paper, like literal paper. Okay. I, sh I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say that. There are some areas of the ship that are just absurdly well armored. Um, and there are some parts that are just well-armored, but it's like, why? Like, uh, right by the stern, there's this plate that's, I believe, supposed to cover the rudder. I think it's like 60 millimeters thick for some strange reason. It's not high enough to serve as a plate that could uh, protect the stern from overmatch, but it does um, tend to arm shells that pass through it, which is nice, you know, for doing full damage rather than just overpinning. Um, and uh, otherwise doesn't do anything. It's kind of strange. Really is quite strange. Um, the Citadel has that stupid step Citadel that most British ships carry that just catches Citadel hits um, left, right, and center. Uh, does a better job of doing than most Major League Baseball catchers do. Um, yeah, so that's kind of frustrating. But the belt is pretty decent. So if you do catch it on catch uh, high caliber AP shells on the belt, they're likely to bounce. Um, it is fairly tanky. Uh, lots of superstructure uh, for overpens and things like that. Um, so, I mean, it is a little vulnerable to HE spam, but it does have the super heal, so it doesn't really matter that much. Um, yeah, I mean, things. a lot of things will just overpen. Uh, it's the things that don't overpen that really, really hurt, because they won't do a full penetration. It will just be a citadel, um, because the citadel on this thing is massive, and it's above water, and you can, if you give broadside to anyone, expect to just explode. Um but that's the story of a lot of British ships, so I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm not surprised with it. I don't know why other people were, but it, this I, in this ship, it's just particularly severe. Like, the Surrey is a relatively durable ship. Um, the Drake is kind of the same way, but it's on a, it's larger, has a bigger hit point pool, more armor, it can deal with this better. The Albemarle is a weird in-between where it's not as tanky, or it's not as well armored as the Drake, but it doesn't have as small of a citadel as the Surrey. So it's like <laughs> badly armored with a large citadel. You know, perfect combination. I mean, I've always said that tier 8 British ships just suck. I mean, except for the Edinburgh, which is okay, and I mean, if you've seen Euro's videos on how he uses it, it can be used very well, but all the other ones really do suck. The Belfast 43, um, the Cheshire, and um, the Tiger 59, they're just train wrecks. They really are. I mean, I I hated this ship so much, I literally free gathered a ton of free XP and just free XP through it, and and uh, threw the Drake up to the Goliath, because I, I was so done with this ship. I I played it, I think, like, 20 battles, I want to say, and I, I was done with it. I, I had really good games in this ship occasionally. Like, I had, like, multiple games where it went well over 100,000 damage. Uh, I also had a lot of games where I got 20,000 damage. So it really is feast or famine. Uh, we can go over the specs now, though. You have a 15.70 kilometer range, which seems terrible, and I mean, it kind of is. 
Except you're not going to hit anything outside the range anyways, so I don't see why it really matters, because the shell velocity on these shells is just atrocious. And you might look at it and think, well, okay, well, it's 814 meters a second. That's not too bad, right? The air drag coefficient must be like 2,000 on these shells, because they just slow down instantly when they come out of the barrels to, like, pedestrian pace. Um, you got a 13 second reload on your guns, which is, uh, it's pretty long, um, and 22.5 second 180 degree turn time, which is quite fast. I do, I do like that about these British heavy cruisers. The turret traverse time is just so snappy. It's awesome. I mean, the Goliath, as a matter of fact, if you don't take reload mod, it can literally fire off one side of the ship, turn the turrets around to the complete other side of the ship and still not be ready to fire. It, it, it's kind of interesting. Yeah, and I know the Goliath has a longer reload time and it's kind of a special case, but it is interesting to think about that. So these uh, fire 203mm HE 256-pound shells. You got 137,077 damage for raw DPM with your HE shells. It, it looks bad on paper, but the effective DPM is higher than a lot of other ships. So a lot of light cruisers, you have crazy high DPM numbers, but like good luck getting close to that with an effective DPM because of the amount of overpens that you get. Um, but you're, you're or not overpens. Why did I say overpens with HE shells? Non-penetrations. Um, non-penetrations that you get. But with this, there's less non-penetrations due to the higher caliber, and you tend to do more damage per shell just because it has enhanced HE damage. Um, shell velocity, like I said, initially is 814 meters a second. The weight is 116 kilograms. The depth explosion is your standard 3 meters when firing upon submarines. Uh, HE penetration is 34 millimeters, which is standard for the shell uh, caliber. And you got a 17% chance of fire, which is pretty good. Uh, I don't think it's quite out of this world, but it is uh, definitely nothing to complain about. I would say something to write home about. Uh, that is, it's pretty impressive. I, I No complaints in that department. The AP shell, I mean, it's British Heavy Cruiser AP. It's anemic. Um, not on paper, but just in practice. The penetration just isn't great because of the higher drag coefficient. Uh, and I believe what well, is a long fuse timer for a heavy cruiser. Uh, actually, no, never mind. It's the normal fuse timer, 0 0.033 seconds. You get 186,923 damage per minute, 4,500 damage per shell, 814 meters a second velocity, 116 kilogram weight, standard ricochet angles of 45 to 60 degrees. Uh, you overmatch 14 millimeters armor, and you have an arming threshold of 34. So from close range, when someone's broadside to you, especially if they're a cruiser, these will do the job, just not as well as the HE would do the job, unless they're completely broadside at close range. Like, this is a ship where you can basically press the one key at the beginning of the battle to make sure you're loading HE, and then you're fine. Like, as much as I don't like to advocate just slinging HE all the time, the AP on this ship is so bad, it's not even really, like, worth looking at that much, unless someone's coming around an island at less than 12 kilometers, and they're, like, a light cruiser, or maybe a lightly armored heavy cruiser. Otherwise, it's not worth it. I mean, if you're shooting at a battleship, expect to get non-penetrations or over-penetrations. There's really... Uh, there's really not much else you're going to get with this, or like 2,000 damage, or less than 2,000 damage penetrations. The, the the AP shells on pretty much all the British heavy cruisers, except for the two top tier ones, uh, the Goliath and the Surrey, are just really, they're not worth looking at. Um, so yeah, just HE's the way to go. Just remember that. Um, as far as this aiming sector is concerned, uh, you, it's not great. It's like all British ships, you, you have a hard time bringing the guns around. I mean, it's not that bad, especially uh, with your forward turrets pointing backwards, but the, the rear turret has, uh, the, or the stern turret, X turret, has a hard time getting around the pointed targets that are off the bow. Uh, just keep that in mind and try not to show too much broadside. The torpedoes, they have a 9.99 kilometer range, uh, so that's 10 kilometers in game. Um... Uh, they do 15,000 damage, which is respectable. They have 96 second reload, which isn't too bad. 62 knot top speed, little on the slow side. They have a 1.3 kilometer detection range, which is a little on the high side. Actually, it's a lot on the high side. Um, but, uh, well, it's not as bad as, uh, like the noob tubes that the Type 93 mod wants, uh, that are on the Shimikaze that have like a 23 kilometer or 21 kilometer range, uh, but are detected from low earth orbit. Um, the aiming sector, 
is is pretty good. I've uh, seen a lot worse on Japanese ships and things like that. There There is better in places, but not many. So yeah, it's pretty satisfactory. You'll get a seven second reaction time to a stationary vessel. Um, you got your standard uh, depth charge airstrike, secondary armament that's laughable, uh, as in most cruisers, except for some German ones, the Napoli, and for whatever reason, the Pensacola. Um, survivability, you got 43,800 hit points, which is, uh, I mean, it's not bad. I mean, it's, I, f I believe it's just a bit above average, um, not nearly as tanky as something like the Goliath is uh, for its tier, but uh, I, certainly respectable. Uh, standard fire and flooding for cruisers, so you got four fires pro uh, possible, probability reduction, uh, for fires is 36.6% on this particular vessel. Uh, you, you'll experience 3,942 damage per fire. Flooding, you can have two floods. Uh, you will experience 4,380 damage per flood. The torpedo damage reduction on this ship is actually 19%, so it does have good damage reduction in that sense. Um, the concealment is, is not bad. It's 12.05 kilometers. Uh, so if you take uh, concealment experts, and uh, the concealment skill, you'll get that down to around nine, uh, 9.76 kilometers. So it's really, really not too bad. Uh, it, nothing that I would really complain about. Uh, the 33 knot top speed. Uh, yes, most allied ships have that 33 knot top speed. Uh, really standard, nothing to complain about here. I mean, you could complain about it, but it's pretty typical for allied ships so like British and Americans and even Soviet ships, with the exception of their destroyers. Um, turning circle radius is uh, pretty average, 720 meters with a 10 second rudder shift time. That's pretty average as well. You got a selection of uh, so you get first consumables, you can get damage control, your specialized re repair teams. Um, and then you're going to have the choice between defensive AA fire or hydroacoustic search or spotting aircraft. Um, the AA gunfire on, or the AA firepower on all the British heavy cruisers is actually impressive. Um, so it's not a bad idea to take defensive AA because you will, I don't want to go so far as say you'll stop a strike, but you'll definitely make the carrier hurt and they won't be able to strike again. So unless the carrier is Soviet and just has an absurdly large strike, they'll definitely feel you. And you may stop a single strike uh, occasionally, especially if the carrier is tier 6. But I, I still generally uh, like the hydroacoustic search just because I like to have that extra intelligence data. Um, as far as... Um, uh, captain skills go. Well, actually, let's do upgrades first. So upgrades you can do primary or main armor is mod one, and then uh, I'm gonna go with engine room protection on this because I this ship does a lot of kiting. Uh, it's good to keep moving, especially since it's a large target. Uh, I'm gonna go with aiming systems modification one because I did notice the accuracy kind of start to waver sometimes when I didn't run it in my testing. I'm a st big steering gears modification person, so I'm gonna put that in my fourth slot, and then my fifth slot, I'm going to go with the mandatory concealment systems modification one uh, on this ship. As far as commander skills are, I'm going to go with gun feeder. Yeah, actually, you could go either way, because um, when you do need your armor piercing, it is nice to have uh, the shells up quickly. I run in on most of my cruisers, uh, gun feeder, that is. Uh, then I, I really like priority target as uh, my second tier skill. I or, two-point skill. That's, uh, I run it on basically all my ships that don't need last stand. Um, so yeah, that's what I would go with. Uh, then I go with Adrenaline Rush and uh, Concealment Experts. Uh, you could go with Superintendents. I've seen a lot of people do that, but for my first skill, for my first three-point skill, I like to go with Adrenaline Rush because the reload time is pretty long. And then I go with Concealment Expert, uh, which is mandatory. And I said Concealment Expert before when I was talking about the upgrades. I meant Concealment Systems Mod 1. So that's for a 10-point captain. Uh, now, I would go next for superintendent, probably. Um, you could go for top-grade gunner if you had more po even more points. Um, uh, I mean, demolition expert's nice, but you already have a 17% chance of fire, so you can buff that to 18% if you like. Um, I don't see it as super necessary, uh, but if you have the extra points, that is something that you could do that's nice. I typically prefer to go for, um, well, I, I wouldn't 
recommend the lighthouse uh, build, by the way, uh, for those of you who are thinking about it. It's just this ship doesn't have the speed or the ability to dodge shells as well as uh, many other ships uh, do. Um, so, yeah, I guess you could go with Demolition Expert and then just, like, uh, grease the gears or something, get an absurdly fast uh, rudder shift time, or not rudder shift, uh, turret traverse time. Because this ship really doesn't need that many skills. It just slings HE all day, so it's not skill intensive, uh, or captain skill intensive. Uh, so, as far as flags are concerned, uh, you're going to run Juliet Charlie to make sure you don't blow up with your magazines. Uh, you're going to run a Speed Flag, Sierra Mike, uh, Consumable Flag, November Foxtrot. Definitely, 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 definitely run India Delta. That's going to boost the HP per second that you can retain, or that you can uh, obtain, which is... It means a lot for this ship because you already have 2% HP per second um, regen with your heal. So that jumps it up or bumps it up to 2.4%, which is crazy. It is definitely a very large difference uh, with running the skill versus not running the skill. Then you can take both of the fire flags to get that fire percentage up. And then I usually take like a hydroacoustic search um, flag and then like uh, the. the uh, anti-aircraft flag, uh, although I do sometimes use the fire flag instead. Um, that is your choice. But that that's the setup I would run, and that's going to ensure that you have a 19% chance of fire, or 20% chance of fire, excuse me. Um, your, your heal will be active for 20 seconds, restoring 2.4% of your ship's HP per second, which, uh, yeah... Yeah, it's crazy. That's literally 48% of the ship's HP that you can regen with one heal. And it has a 76-second cooldown, which, <laughs> a minute, 16 seconds, that that's not bad. Especially if you're, um, you know, with the consumable uh, flag. If you're not running the consumable flag, that does uh, go down to 80 seconds. That's a minute 20. So you, you shave four seconds off there. That's I would say that's worth it. Um, your maneuverability, you're going to have a speed now of... Uh, 34.6 knots and a rudder shift time of 8.6 seconds. So, I mean, yeah, this ship definitely has the potential to be absurd in several aspects. Um, I, like I said, you're going to have the 9.76 kilometer concealment, so sub 10, that's what we like to see, uh, especially in a cruiser that plays like this. Um, this ship, I mean, the. I, certain aspects of it I really enjoyed, and certain aspects of it I really hated. Uh, the armor was terrible and really hard to deal with because if you made one mistake, you were generally paying for it with half or all of your ship's health. And yes, you have that heal to tank high explosive damage. I mean, the, this ship soaks up high explosive damage like a battleship. I mean, it's awesome. But as soon as armor piercing gets start, starts getting flung its way, like it just evaporates. It turns to dust, reduced to atoms, and that is not fun. Now, the guns are a bit hit or miss. They do hit pretty hard. They are British, high explosive. They do have the 20% chance of fire if you spec for it. Um, and it, they will pen 34 millimeters of armor, but the velocity makes them really hard to aim, even harder than American cruisers. And, I mean, I'm basically a Des Moines main, so is, well, not a Des Moines main, but I play that ship a lot, and I, without a doubt, will say that the Albemarle is harder to aim than the Des Moines. It's just the shells are so floaty because the air drag coefficient is so high that they just lose their velocity, and they, the, the guns have to elevate to such a high angle to get anywhere with them that it it isn't isn't great. I mean, the damage, like I said, damage is good. There's no problem dealing damage here. It's just staying alive long enough to deal damage or being able to hit the target you're aiming at. And that's the the, the downfall of the ship. I mean, yeah, the speed's not great. The rudder shift it could be better. I mean, it's not bad. Um, the concealment's good. I mean, it could have better torpedoes. I mean, they do have a 10-kilometer range, so that's nice. That's an upgrade over the 8-kilometer range of the Surrey. Um, and, I mean, I use those defensively around islands, or mostly preemptively around islands. Don't I didn't really use them at close range that often. 
occasionally if I was about to die or something like that, I'd just fire him off in the direction of the ship of a ship I was going for. Um, I did I did go on a rampage once up a flank. I decided that I had violent intentions that game, and I pushed a whole flank myself. Uh, that did happen. So, I mean, you can do it. You can do it if you're very careful and you know who you're facing and you know who, who can overmatch you or not. Um, it, it, most people can overmatch you. I think everyone besides... I, if uh, they have 15-inch guns or larger, they can overmatch you because you have a 25-millimeter bow, and that bow goes straight to the Citadel if they pet it. So, yeah. If you're facing an Arizona, yeah, you don't really have to worry that much, but if you're facing pretty much anything else, yeah, the, the, then you have problems. But, yeah, I pushed up the flank um, and then did use my torpedoes. I did not survive the battle, I will say that, but I did deal massive amounts of damage and uh, largely secured the win for our team. And even though I technically didn't see it through, I cleared a flank, so it made it way easier for my team to win. Um... Not saying I hard carry it or anything. There were other people who definitely contributed to the battle, but uh, it just shows you what's possible with this ship. Um, as far as playstyle, it really varies. I found the most success in kind of uh, milling around, not the back of the map, but just kind of behind islands and between cap circles and things like that. Uh, occasionally out on the flank, being pretending I'm a Japanese cruiser, uh, till like mid game, and then you is if you preserved your health pool like you should have. Uh, then you become sort of a, a pseudo-battleship in the fact that you're tanky. Um, obviously, you don't have green armor, so don't totally rely on it, but you can soak up a lot of high-explosive damage, and you have extreme durability with that heal. So um, watching people cry as you go down to 10,000 health and then come back with 30 is um, is pretty funny because you will literally heal faster than they can do damage to you. you like, I was um, taking fire from what was i taking fire from i was taking fire from a neptune uh not a neptune um i don't know i was taking fire from a ship that uh fires really quickly i think it was one of the pan-asian things and literally i was healing faster than he was able to hit me from behind the island he was sitting behind um so that was kind of funny and did i believe i did end up killing him if i remember correctly yes i did um don't know what happened in that game as far as results are concerned but yeah it soaks up damage well and it you're hard to kill at the end of the game especially if you don't give broadside um so yeah that that works out quite well um you just you don't want to get caught out in the open by yourself because when you're not able to angle your armor, then things start to go out south pretty fast. Uh, you start taking flanking shots, and then uh, usually it takes about two to three salvos from pretty much anything to kill you if you start taking flanking shots. And that's that's what's frustrating about this ship. It, it is a uh, uh, high-risk, uh, mediocre reward ship. Uh, sometimes high reward ship that some that a lot of people don't really like and i i didn't i didn't really care for this play style i more like the sort of surrey goliath play style uh, where it's a little more durable a little more forgiving um, a little less high risk but some people do really like this ship a few <laughs> i think most people don't care for it um but yeah, that's that's my opinions on the Albemarle. You just it, you mill around the beginning of the game, and then uh, as soon as the opportunity presents itself, you pounce on the enemy team. Uh, not advocating sitting around in the back the whole battle. Please don't do that. Okay, that's I don't endorse that conduct. <laughs> but uh, definitely like don't just charge in there and expect your heal to save you because it won't. You'll just get deleted, and you can't use your heal when you're dead. So that's something that I would definitely watch out for. Um, I found that usually like going in between caps, you know, using islands, uh, not to sit behind them. Sitting behind islands does not really work for these cruisers, but kind of like using them for cover, using them as a turnaround point to start kiting, because the ship is pretty good at kiting. Um, it, that worked pretty well. I mean, this ship really does kind of play like a Miyoko. Uh, I guess that's the most similar thing I can give you. It doesn't have that great of armor, but it's got a lot of HE slinging power, and that's what some people like. I mean, I do like burning the world down. That That's fine. I mean, the fire ribbons that you can farm off this thing aren't as insane as the goliath but it's it's pretty crazy so yeah yeah it's really kind of a mixed bag of burning someone to death with a flamethrower and turning their ship into a literal hot pocket or getting your face bashed in by armor piercing that's that's pretty much <laughs> the albermole experience you can you can queue up for battle and have the whole team full of enemy battleships and just spend the day burning them to the waterline 
or you could queue up and have the whole team full of enemy battleships and just spend the time getting your face smashed in with their armor piercing even though you didn't you didn't even give them broadside it's really it really depends on what the team enemy team focuses how good they are how good their aim is and you know well map I mean, if you get ocean map, like, good luck. <laughs> uh, but if you get too many islands, then you can't really farm over them that well. So, it, yeah, this, this cruiser is very, very touchy. So just just be forewarned. This is the kind of turd of the, uh, of the British cruiser line, I would say. There's always one in every line, uh, every tech tree. And this is the turd for the British heavy cruisers. So I hope you like this... Uh, very delayed podcast episode. I can't guarantee a next upload date because I don't know how busy I'll get, but I will try to upload as soon as possible, and hopefully I'll be playing a little bit more World of Warships. So that's all for today, and until next time, Captains. (laughs) 